0: Welcome to the Mind for Success podcast, a space for heart-centered entrepreneurs to live in deep alignment with what matters most, overcome subconscious limitations, and shift their energy into an unstoppable force. Before we get started, take a deep breath, hit the subscribe button, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Mind for Success podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Leving, and this week I'm really excited to introduce you to Laura Gisborne. Uh, Laura is with Limitless Women, and she is a successful business expert. She's have she's had over 30 years' experience. Uh, she has written books. She speaks. Um, she has just really been a a force in helping women um, gain their purpose. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about that because I know she can say it a whole lot better than I can. Welcome, Laura, to the show. Thank you, Kimberly.
1: It's such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for the invitation.
0: You are welcome. So uh, with that, tell us a little bit about you and your background, because I just love to introduce you. Um, introduce you to our guests listening today.
1: Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's funny because when I first started doing this type of work, when I first started going out in the world and being um, a public person, I always said there's kind of the front of the house and the back of the house of businesses, right? So I've owned restaurants and retail stores and a winery and et cetera, et cetera, that there was always people that worked in the front and I was always the numbers person, right? I was behind the scenes. So when I started being asked to speak and lead, um, I hadn't written any books. This was not on my agenda. And so people would say, what do you do? And I would say, I do a lot. And then <laughs> I'd say, how about you? What do you do? Right. Um, it's always an interesting thing because now if we fast forward, uh, I've really been doing this work for more than a decade. And I still say that I still say I do a mm-hmm. lot. What do You do um, because don't we all, You know, don't we all just so full? And so it's just kind of in the context of what brings us together in the conversation today, which I believe um, getting, you know, you and I are new friends, getting to know you, it's uh, the opportunity to empower others and help them overcome some things that might be holding them back. You know, we all have our story, we all have our past and being able to be in a position where we can um, take what we've learned and use that to serve others so that their journey can be lighter and hopefully a little smoother is Mm. what I'm up to today.
0: I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about how did you get started in this?
1: Um, well, you know, again, I'm 56 as we're recording this one, 57. So, you know, where to begin is always a good question. Um I married into a family business, right? In my early 20s, a restaurant. And and then one restaurant became a second restaurant, became a third restaurant, et cetera, et cetera. Got into real estate. Um, I'm telling you the through line because I have a feeling that you have other entrepreneurs that may be listening and sharing um, in their own experience that kind of one thing leads to the next thing, right? So Mm. we say, you know, if we're alive and breathing, God's not done with us yet. And it's been my experience that every time I thought I had a great plan, God had a bigger plan, right? So Mm. it's just of one thing has led to in the other um over the course of this you know 30 plus years now i've i've owned nine companies i've sold six of them and um i started being asked to speak in 2010 and i wasn't you know again i had no clue this was nowhere on my radar um, but i took put my toe in the water and here we are fast forward 2023 my work has taken me all over the world and i've just been mm-hmm. so very blessed um really blessed in in health and in love and experience. And uh, we have Limitless Women is a philanthropy first organization. So we have a little bit of a different business model than a lot of businesses that you might speak with. Um, But the service opportunity is really fantastic and uh, I'm excited to do it.
0: So um, tell us a little bit about Limitless Women.
1: Yeah. So we are a leadership development company for women business owners. And, um, you know, the conversation that we're in, Kimberly, around legacy and philanthropy and giving back is a conversation that I've found over the years. You know, when I first started, I thought everybody had the giving gene, right? You know, I started volunteering at the same time I was starting my entrepreneur journey. So over the years, while I've been doing private sector work, I've always had a foot in the nonprofit world and started out as a volunteer with CASA as a court appointed special advocate for foster children when I was in law school. And then that led to family outreach and that led me to Habitat for Humanity and Pajamama and different organizations we've worked with over the years. Um, I just kind of thought everybody had that, but I've come to discover that's not the case. And what happens often in business specifically is that people tend to get a little stuck um, in their own way, you know, and and welcome to the human race. I'm just saying people, I mean myself as well, right? All of us, we know what we know. And what we found over the years is that when a woman specifically reaches a certain level of sufficiency, um, there's kind of that next step, now what? Now what? And what's Mm. my purpose here? What's my God work? What's the piece that's pulling me forward? So I really prayed to be shown when I started being asked to speak, what would you have me do? You know, I had several businesses at the time, I had teenagers at home, I had a husband at home, I had no desire to go out in the world and and do this. I didn't know what this was, right? And um, as I put my toe in the water, it started revealing itself to me. And what I kept seeing was the invitations were usually around women. Uh, The invitations were global. I wasn't getting invited to come over to Prescott or a nearby town like Flagstaff. I was getting invited to go to China. I was getting invited to go Mm. to to India. Um, And I really prayed to be shown, you know, what would you have me do with this? What kept showing up was there's an opportunity to give back and be a philanthropist. And I didn't see myself as a philanthropist. I saw myself as a volunteer. I saw myself as the person who would write the check when I could. Um, But I didn't see my life as an opportunity to create impact and now I can tell you a decade later, a decade plus later, um, we had created an initiative actually in 2015. We, we connected with a branding company. They helped us with our branding. It was legacy leaders at the time. Um, and I thought, you know, if we could raise, if we could use this vehicle as, a, as an opportunity to raise funds for causes that don't have access to resources. Um, you know, I, I'm a business strategist. So I looked at numbers. I said, could we give away $250,000 over the next five years? So it was kind of my, my metric, right? And working with my team and seeing what would that look like? So we created business training fundraisers, we host live events, and um, we created a business model where if somebody wants consulting or they want to attend an education program with us, they make a donation to charity first, before Mm. one as a client. So fast forward, if you will, that was in 2015. So fast forward, uh, you know, 2020 came and we were actually close to $500,000 in donations, not Mm. 250,000. At this point now, as you and I are doing this interview, we're over 750,000 in donations. So um, it's a beautiful opportunity to give because what happens for our business owners is that they often say someday I'm gonna, someday I'm going to give, someday I'm going to, you know, gosh, I want to be like that when I grow up. And what we find is that if we can help them see that every little bit matters, you know, it's not, um, we didn't get to hundreds of thousands of dollars because of a donor. We had $10 here and $200 here and a thousand dollars here. And over the years, that's cumulatively what's, what's happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Yeah. And we're currently making regular donations that are creating impact for women and children on five continents, which is pretty good stuff.
0: Amazing. So and I'm just listening to your story and how this all developed. Yeah, it sounds like you really were walking in faith yourself. So, like, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, thank you for asking this. So generous of you. Um, I, you know, I wrote my first book, uh, Stop the Spinning, and which was published in 2012. And it's interesting because the chapters of that book, Kimberly, go from the power of one minute, or relationship to time is one of those things, the great equalizer for all of us, right? So yeah. there's that element. Then there are relationship with money. Uh, the next chapter of that book is overflowing abundance. And what are the practices that helped move me from a childhood of poverty and violence and abuse to a place of freedom, right? Emotional freedom, financial freedom, time freedom. We really looked at what are those distinctions? How can I bring that? The third chapter of that book is Walking in Faith. Mm. And what I feel like, is the fourth chapter is what goes with it, which is embracing synchronicity, I feel like we pray, we ask to be shown, we meditate, whatever our practice is for being present and being in conversations with the divine. And then God shows us opportunities. You know, mm. we have synchronicity. Sometimes it shows up. We see something again and again. You start saying, oh what's going on with that and then there'll be things that pop like popcorn that we weren't really expecting and I'll tell you that this week um, my husband and I just got back from Europe and uh, we were like oh we have this house that we bought so we could have our guests come they had a lot of people come to visit with us and work with me personally and business strategy so I bought a house you know great great problem to have right I wanted to have a great place to put people and there weren't a lot of hotels as I live in a small town so I bought a house and um, I said, well, we should put that house on Airbnb so we're in between clients, we could rent it out. Well, we literally just put it up and we've had four reservations in the last 48 hours. We're like, oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> New <laughs> business. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, I feel like that's when you know you're in the flow, when you know you're in the mm-hmm. right place, it's beautiful um, to see the synchronicities. But I think that there's a mm-hmm. training that that's required of us to build the muscles to recognize that and not get busy with the busy work, not to get distracted and uh, pull ourselves away from our purpose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I know just in my own journey, sometimes getting wrapped up in your own stories and other things that distract you, that, that can all impact that. So um, tell us a little bit about, I mean, I know that, so the abundance, so once you're in synchronicity, um with your you know the divine mm-hmm. um i'm imagining that's when the overflowing abundance comes in and i know that's a topic you're passionate about too yeah
1: i think it's an interesting thing so what if everything we needed was actually always already provided mm-hmm instead of us trying to do more and have more and be more. And so I think I'm probably like a lot of my friends and a lot of women that I've met over the last you know, 57 years almost. Um, we had a message that said if we would just be a little bit Louder. If we just be a little quieter. If we just be a little taller. If we just be a little shorter. I mean, I'm a redheaded stepchild. So if I just was born a brunette, or if I just been born a blonde, if my skin was a little darker and not so white, you know what I mean? It's like whatever it was, there was that just that feeling of like if I could just be a little bit more. And and we call that in our world the uh, poverty consciousness, right? There's mm. this idea that there's a scarcity. Um, overflowing abundance for me is a way of recognizing. The true abundance in the world and I think um because we've just come home from we were in uh, Iceland and Norway and Croatia it was really a fantastic experience um and, and, I, and for whatever reason my phone is just full of pictures of water and waterfalls <laughs> so <laughs> I mean it's like, it like the vacation of water I don't know how to tell you any other than that but um why why I'm sharing that with you is if you think about water as a simple concept Kimberly if you think about a lake How many drops of water does it take to create a lake? Mm. Right. If you look outside, I'm looking outside my back, my front yard right now, and there's this beautiful lawn. And I think about like how many blades of grass did it take to create that carpet? Right. The tree next to it, how many leaves did it take to create the shape of that beauty? I believe that abundance is around us everywhere, but we've been trained. You know, everybody around us was doing the best they could when they were were giving us our our upbringing, our experience, probably trying to keep us safe and protect us. But we've been trained that the world is scarce and it's actually not.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's everything with you. Yes.
1: That is everywhere around us, right? So it is um it is a repatterning it's like a relearning it's a retraining and i know that anyone who's listening to this work and following your work kimberly is really looking at how to um grow and develop the beautiful brain and mind that we've been gifted with right the beautiful spirit that we have that carries us through uh, this journey you know how do we work with it and having that be a blessing instead of a burden
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's definitely a shift and I feel like some people aren't aware of it right away. And then once you are, then everything changes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it tends to happen in wake up calls is kind of how I see it. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like there's these wake up calls that happen. And so, uh, you, you have the death of a loved one or you get diagnosed with an illness Or in my experience, uh, I got divorced, you know, from my first husband and he was such a lovely man. And I just, you know, there were a series of events and there were things that happened and it shook me to my core. It shook me to everything that I thought I knew. I didn't know, right. That there Mm. was something new. So in today's world, as you and I are recording this, we've had the experience of COVID-19 and the pandemic, you know, this world opportunity, I feel like for all of us as a species to look at what matters. And there's a lot going on for people to really start to discover, um, what do I value? What do I love? What would I be doing with my time, my precious time? We did an awareness, you know, we had an opportunity for awareness here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel like COVID was a great opportunity and a lot of people were able to really go in and you know, and get rid of the things that weren't as important yeah. and let them go and, and reorganize, so to speak.
1: Exactly. Well, and simplify, right. My son's getting ready to start graduate school uh, this next month, actually. And his, his fiance are moving. And it's, you know, interesting. He said for the first time, he has this joy in like not moving the same stuff again and again, because they've been together for years and been moving around. It's interesting. Like, what do you really want to take with you into this next season of life? you know, houses to make you think about that.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful.
1: Mm, Thanks.
0: So I know that your background, um, just reading a little bit about you and I know you came from a humble background and you've had a lot of trauma, um, as a young woman, what do you feel like, what, what helped you shift through that experience?
1: Well, a lot, of, a lot of amazing support. I would say that um, I'm present to this because I just uh, had another interview right before I took off and, and it was bringing me, this keeps coming up, right? It's kind of been interesting. Mm. It's time to revisit, I suppose. Um, there were women who saw me when I could not see myself. You know, when I showed up at work with bruises on my face and I weighed 98 pounds, uh, there was a woman who took me aside and said, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. And I feel like there were a series of women who saw me, you know, over the course of my teenage years and my early 20s. And I, you know, helped me get into counseling and uh, that it was as I started to grow and blossom. I was excited by that. And and uh, someone handed me a book. I'll tell you one of the best wake ups for me uh, as far as that things could be different. Kimberly was Louise Hayes' book. You Can heal your life.
0: Mm. I love
1: it. Yeah. Such a Bible for me. Literally. I've read that book again. I, I, you know, I don't know how many copies I've bought over the years to give away to girlfriends. Right. Um, But just the whole idea that my normal um, didn't have to be that way right so creating a new normal and in personal development and you know there are great people out there that I think about listening to Tony Robbins tapes you know what I mean then like driving in the car back in the day when we used to have those little cassette tapes you know listening to that listening to like um, before we had iPods even like where I would work out and I would have like the tape and the earbuds and you know be like working out listening to Tony Robbins you know there is always an opportunity and I think this is part of what's Admirable about the work you're doing is that there's an opportunity to create a new normal if we want to. Mm-hmm. And it's not about being Pollyanna, right? It's interesting. I have a friend who was recently here visiting, and he said, You know, and we've been friends for many, many years, and his wife, and he said, You know, I used to be like you, and now I'm a realist. I thought, Wow. And I just felt sad. You know, I felt yeah. sad for him very much. And, and he is living what's real for him. But I also know that we get to choose. We get to choose our experience. And that in and of itself is a tremendous luxury. You know, we start to get perspective. I'll tell you just a little bit about um, doing the work that we do as a philanthropy-first organization. So there are a last I read uh, United Nations study that at that point, and this is several years ago, there was about two point eight billion people on the planet living on less than three dollars a day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, it's it's easy to think that if we had more, we'd be more, uh, but it's really not what's happening, right? You know, there's kind of the disconnect. What's what's missing often for us when we're struggling with feeling like we're not enough or feeling like we just have to do more to be more is that we we've, we've lost perspective you know or we haven't had it to begin with and and today we're so globally connected but we get the news that we believe in and we get the news that we follow right so it's easy sometimes to be in our own bubbles and when you get out and start traveling the world and seeing different places and different people um and recognizing again uh, anyone who's listening to this, I believe, you know, you and I both happen to live in the United States and we live in a developed country where we have freedoms. Uh, We, as women, have the right to vote and the right to uh, be business owners and the right to have a checking account, which was not available to women in the United States until 1970, I believe. Um, You know, some of these things, we're just not aware, we're not aware, right? Um, I just was in, when we were in Europe, I was reading that I think the country of Liechtenstein, it's this little tiny country, like uh, near Austria and Switzerland, gave women the right to vote in 1984. Really? So, wow. Right. Wow. So, so it's easy. It's not just our sweet sisters who are in uh, sub saharan Africa. That struggle, right? It's this this idea that we don't have perspective often of what's happening uh, for the woman next door, and I think mm. that's the piece. That it requires us to to listen and to be present, and when someone raises their hand, um, to offer the love. You know, so, you know, I I often say this. I believe I believe my job today is to really love women specifically in a yeah. very powerful way and hold them until they learn to love themselves. Often.
0: Yeah, you can hear it, see it in your, just the way you talk and your being, um, that that's your passion. Yeah. It's
1: beautiful. Well, what a good job I have, right? <laughs> yes. It's my job to love someone. How awesome is that? Right? <laughs> Yay. You know,
0: though, ironically, I think that's hard for some people, mm-hmm. you know, if they're not, if they're coming from that place where maybe they don't love themselves first. percent um, it, it's hard to give when you're not giving when you're not full yourself.
1: Yeah. And I think that that goes back to, you know, the, the wisdom of Louise Hay, God rest her soul. She's not with us in the physical body anymore, but her legacy is so powerful, right? That, mm-hmm. that all discomfort and disease comes from a lack of love for oneself. And it does require learning. If you haven't um, learned as a child, if you weren't nurtured as a child, it wasn't nurtured as a child by my biological family. They just weren't, um, they didn't have that structure themselves, right? So they didn't know. And I think it, you know, it's the relearning, but then there is the paying that forward, right? You know, being able to pay that forward is such a gift.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really it is. Um, so talk a little bit about, cause I know your purpose and, it's uh, to me, it seems obvious that your upbringing and your experiences ties directly into that. How do you help other people tie into like their purpose?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, it, an interesting thing happened in April, I was um I've been feeling called and writing my next book called The Lead Life, and it's really about this kind of deeper, guidance and walking in faith and and, you know we'll talk more about that if you're interested but I I invited a a dozen girlfriends to come together with me and meet me in uh, Asheville North Carolina in the mountains and for a retreat to just be unplugged and talk about the lead life what does it look like where had they followed their own guidance where had they learned to listen and walk in faith you know because each one of them had their own journey and I was very fascinated because what happened (laughs) I had my idea and then God had God's plan. Um, what happened was that we started to do this exercise around core values. And it's something that I work with often in a private situation, when I'm working with someone um, in designing their lives because as a business growth strategist, I have to tell you, um, business is not that complicated. We, we make it complicated because we're our little human selves get in the way, right? As founders. But the work is really to work on ourselves and have our business be a creative expression, right? And when the business has a strong mission and vision and culture, it starts to attract team and clients and it becomes very magnetic. And ideally, and I can say this after having sold six companies, ideally the business takes on a life of its own, but it always starts as our vision, right? It starts as our baby. We're like, we've got this little idea that we're gonna solve a problem that nobody else is doing. I said to my husband today, I was like, I think that we need to create a yoga for people who've had back surgery. He's like, no, <laughs> no more. <necessary. laughs> but I, I was like, well, yes, because somebody has to do it. You know, I had, I had multiple uh, surgeries this year. I was like, I, I think somebody needs to do this because I'm, I'm back in yoga and I'm feeling great. But the yoga teachers don't know what they don't know, right? They, they've right. All right. So anyway, sorry, sorry for the brain fart. Um So the piece around helping others find their purpose, I feel like, Kimberly, it's tied to what we already know and what we already do. But I have a girlfriend, Tracy Trottenberg. I haven't talked to her in years, but I love her. And she says, we can't see our own eyebrows. So I'm looking up, right? So we were in Asheville, North Carolina, in the mountains at this little retreat center. And my girlfriends and I were talking and we started to do this exercise around core values. And it just like took on life and it was like we, we only had a couple days there but it was like everybody wanted to go in this deep dive and what was happening is there was kind of the breakdown before the breakthrough mm. uh you know that releasing right there's releasing crying lots of releasing and um women who you know to think about one of my friends who's a neuroscientist my gosh i mean like the work that people like joseph spenza does today is based on work that she did decades ago right i mean she's mm. so cool. you would never know this if you met her um and, and her child just left to go to college, right? So she's like, I don't know my identity. I don't know who I am. You know it I mean? It's an interesting piece that after this beautiful work in the world and just pioneering and doing all the things she did, and she raised this amazing child, and she's a great girlfriend and a great philanthropist in her own right, she's in that question of like, who am I, right? What am I here to do next? So In the core values exercise, I'm hoping I'm answering the question here with you, um, there's some clues, right? Because I think that what we are attracted to sometimes in our daily activity changes. It does. What we truly value is deep and naming that and owning that and then designing life. And for those of us that are entrepreneurs, business around those issues that are important to us, mm. uh, the light bulb starts to go off. Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, yeah. did. That was
1: beautiful. Good. That's... Good. Good. I'm so glad.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you have um, a resource. I could talk to you for hours. I'm not going to keep everybody on you know, for I'm, hours. I'm all so yours. <laughs> you
1: <laughs> cut me off <laughs> if you're done, and I'm, I'm yours if you need me. <laughs>
0: um, but I know, I know we, we don't um, want to keep on people on forever not on sure. here. So I wanted yeah. to talk to, just tell us a little bit about the resource you told me about. You have a, you have a book.
1: Yes. So the book I'm referring to, um, Stop the Spinning, Move from Surviving to Thriving, is uh when I sat down to write that book, I thought it was going to be a business book. And of course, it, it wasn't. It took mm-hmm. it on its own. So it's really the formula of the steps that I took to move myself out of struggle. And struggle, when I when I talk about struggle, it's, there's the different layers, right? So we're aware often of our our financial struggles, right? That's one symptom, if you will, of the deeper poverty consciousness that I was experiencing. Uh, we're aware of the time struggle of just not enough time in the day and just working, 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 getting to the end of the day saying, oh, but wait, there's more, right? Um, the idea, the emotional struggle, right? The, the uh, My girlfriend, Jennifer Huff, calls it like a dog with a bone. Like you get on something and you're like, You can't get off of it, right? All these layers of struggle. So uh, what I wrote about in this book were kind of, these were the gentle steps. These were the gentle practices that moved me into awareness and financial sufficiency. These are the practices that have helped me to have healthy relationships personally and professionally. These are the practices that have helped me to um, really enjoy my life, you know, Mm. be in a reality that is joyful and peaceful and easy compared to what I knew as a young person which was constantly struggling you know more drama more drama right so the book is uh, my gift to your audience if they would like to access it they can do so at laura free book and you can give that you know my first name L A U R A F R E E B O O K dot kcom we'll take you to a link of a page where you can download a PDF of the book as well as an audible copy. If you prefer to listen to me, read the book to you, <laughs> you can do
0: Beautiful, that. beautiful. Yes. So I know I'm going to download it. Okay. We'll have it in the show notes. We'll Thank have you. it in the show notes. Yeah, So that other people can access it too. Um, yeah. This has been, you've just offered so much value here. I love your heart. I mean, Gosh. it's just been beautiful um to sit and talk with you today. And you. like I said, I could totally talk to you for hours. But well, let's know, stay in touch. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> let's do. Let's do um, sure. Yeah. So thank you all for listening today. I want to encourage you to download um Lara's Larafreebook.com. Um go download the book. And thanks again, Lara, for being on today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening today. I want to invite you to download my free guide at resources.kimberlylebing.com unlock. It's called Unlocking Your Authentic Self, Five Key Steps to Identify and Overcome Hidden Limitations in Your Life and Business and Realize Your Highest Potential. And again, that free guide can be found at com slash unlock. Thank you again for listening today.